why welcome aboard this vastly colorful and extraordinarily literary rainbow for writers, authors, and storytellers. I'm author B.A. McCray, and this is The Optimistic Author, a positive and insightful tool for writers. What's up, creative mind? It's time to publish your poetry, jazzy poet, haikus, couplets, sonnets, free verse, no matter the rhyming scheme or lack thereof, let's get down to business together and break down the proper steps it takes to get your poetry out there. Before we get all groovy and ready for this poetry journey, there's an important question I must ask you, and then you must ask yourself. Do you want to submit some single poems that you've written into a literary magazine or an anthology for publication? Or... Do you have a collection of poetry that you'd like to publish? Distinguishing which of these paths you want to take for the sake of this podcast will be a little bit of a time saver for you, so you can just focus your energy on one of the paths, but have no fear, you can always go back and venture on the other path. So let's get started with submitting your poetry to literary magazines and anthology books. This is a great place to stretch out your poet legs, especially if you're a bit antsy about releasing your words into the reader world, because let's be honest, poetry is very vulnerable. It's a moody vibe to be in, and it's very emotional and comes from a deep place. So totally understandable if you're a bit nervous. I know I was. I didn't even realize the heavy emotionalness of releasing such vulnerable words out into the reader world until it was release day. And I was like, wait, this is kind of like I'm releasing my diary. Is this okay? But everything's okay. It's great when you release vulnerable pieces because that is the most relatable stuff. So write what you are comfortable with. It will be okay. Have no fear. We'll cover everything you need to know and if you have any further questions, please don't hesitate to go onto the Optimistic Author website and comment your question on the blog post version of this podcast. Or you can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at BA McCray, and you can shoot me a message from there. I like to be helpful with the knowledge I have obtained from my own experiences, writers helping writers. I started writing poetry when I was 12. It was my first writing love and by the time I was in high school, I discovered that you could get your poetry published in anthologies. Now, this felt great at the time, and it gave me a good bit of confidence to eventually publish the four poetry books that I have now. But there are some important distinctions to make between which anthologies you want to vibe with and others you may want to think twice on. So, anthology, what's that? And what's the right one? That's a lot of great questions. Let's get to it. An anthology is a collection of works from different authors, and they can be really neat and cool to be in, especially if you're with the right writing pals. I know this firsthand, thankfully, I'm so grateful, because I was just in an anthology. It was published on February 8th. It is called the Mood Reader Anthology, and it is completely made out of TikTok uh, writers and authors. Well, we're all authors now. <laughs> And it's just amazing. It was so amazing to all come together and create something so beautiful and awesome. And I made so many new friends. 
But let's get into the things you want to look out for. There's a big red flag you need to look out for when you're scoping out anthology opportunities, and that's if they ask you for money. Sometimes companies charge a submission fee. This is so they will be able to pay workers to read through submissions due to high volume or something along those lines. Some of the more uh, prestigious companies or what have you will ask for a submission fee, but there are free submissions out there, so that's good to keep in mind, especially if it is your first time going out into the submission world. I've come across opportunities where I am asked to give money up front to make my publication dreams come true. And at the time, I was a naive little high schooler who was just excited by the thought of being published. It's a shame, but sometimes that can be taken advantage of. And the fact that I was in high school, like I was 17 years old. Why were, oh my gosh, that's horrible. Anyway, but I, I told my high school drama teacher about the opportunity and she helped me see that perhaps it wasn't exactly what it seemed. And from there on out, I was very cautious and aware of that red flag. So in conclusion of that point, low submission fees aren't exactly a red flag, but if you were asked to put up a sum of money up front to even be a part of that anthology, I would probably pass. If you're trying to find anthology opportunities, I think a great step is to get connected with a writing community. I actually wasn't even seeking out to be in an anthology. It popped up on my TikTok feed because I love being a part of the writing community on there. Where my book talkers at? Whoop whoop! I, I firmly and lovingly believe that when you engage in a community and you care about that space, it really does generate awesome opportunities. What you pour into that community will come back if you pour in genuinely. You can also try searching under a hashtag like hashtag anthology on TikTok or Instagram and perhaps you'll find something there. But please don't get discouraged if you don't for some reason because there are literary magazines too. Now what's a literary magazine and is it worth submitting? So a literary magazine is also a collection of works from various authors, but it is in a print magazine form, which is neat. I've submitted and been featured in a literary magazine called The Bitchin' Kitchen <laughs> um, a few times. I believe they're based in Colorado and they're super cool. And I've submitted to others and not been accepted. Something important I really want to share with you. Your poetry is always authentic and beautifully yours. If by chance your piece is not accepted, please don't lose sight of that. Every writer has their own style, which is awesome. Alas, not every single person in the world will jive and vibe with your style, and that's more than okay. If you think about it, it would be insane if everyone did. There's hardly one collective thing that everyone on Earth can agree on. I mean, there are some people out there who don't think Mr. Rogers is cool. So that's enough evidence right there. Before we get into politics, if you're looking for submission ideas, I will put a link in the show notes for the Poetry Foundation, and it will take you right to their submission page, and that can be a stepping stone for you to check out. But please listen to this checklist before submitting. 
The first item on our list, and this is a vital one for the submission process, take the time to read the specific guidelines each literary magazine and anthology has. Each one is different, and understanding and respecting their rules and process will show in your submission. It's not like the terms and agreement page where you just, you know, click on the little checkbox. We all know that. I mean, I'm... I don't even know the things I might have agreed to, but with this, it's very different. Please take the time to read through them. I promise it will be worth it. Segwaying into our next point. Some magazines or anthologies are looking for specific content. For example, if you skip over the guidelines and you didn't see that this month's submission is all about childhood memories and you submit a poem about the angst of adulthood, then they clearly will be able to tell you didn't read nor respect their guidelines and may not be too keen on future submissions. So it's definitely worth it to just take the 10, 15, 20 minutes, probably not even 20 minutes. Thank you. I've never seen one that that's that long. 15. Take the 15 minutes and just read through their submissions. And sometimes the personality of those you know, literary magazines or anthologies shine through the guidelines. And it might help you with, you know, navigating your writing style if you're writing a new piece specifically for this submission. Our next point is to run your poem through a grammar checker. A really big free one is Grammarly, and it's just to make sure that you don't have any typos that you might have missed. I know I do that, so I'm really glad that I have Grammarly just downloaded onto my Google my Google Chrome, and you can actually have it downloaded into uh, Microsoft Word as well if you vibe with Microsoft. And our last point, if you have someone close to you or a friend in the writing community who would be willing to read your piece, you can get some constructive feedback and or a boost of confidence before submitting. It's always nice to get like a new pair of eyes on your work because they might notice something that you didn't notice. And it's also nice to get lovely feedback about your work. All right, let's move to the second half of this podcast, which is publishing your collection of poetry. So uh, I see you, poet. You've been writing for a while now, haven't you? That's amazing. After all your hard work, I'm sure you would love to get your poems out into the bookshelf world. So let's cover each step that you should take to get ready for publishing your book and getting it printed. There are six steps. Please stay with me because they're important steps. And if you find that you're getting a little bit confused, like listening rather than reading about the steps, you can go to theoptimisticauthor.com and there's a blog post version of this podcast. I got you. I get it. So step one, compiling your manuscript and editing. Alrighty. You've got your collection of poetry. That's the big start. For my first poetry book, I had 50 poems. It made for a nice light read. And I would suggest having no less than 25 poems to start your book out with. It takes a lot of energy, time, and some money to print your awesome book. So you'll want to make sure your manuscript is at a healthy page ratio and your poems are in the order that you want them. So by healthy page ratio, I mean my first poetry book, kind of like a, a pocket book really, is 50 pages. I would say that's probably the minimum you want to go with just because it does cost a bit of money to print a book and you, you, you know, 
you want it to be, well, worth it, which your writing will be. And if you're wondering how you should order your poems or what order they should be in in your book, my first book, How I Ordered Them, is kind of dumb and quirky, which should be my tagline. Um, so like I said, I had 50 and I did have one poem that I specifically wanted to start the book out with. The opening number, if you will. The other ones I numbered 1 through 49 and I I took like a sticky notes or something. I don't know what I did, but I numbered them 1 through 49 and I stuck them on uh, individual cards from a deck of cards and then I shuffled them four times and I cut the deck twice because I can only do even numbers and then that was the that was the order of of the poems in the book. So that's a creative idea if you want to do something like that. Whatever you want, it's your book and it will turn out great. So after you got all that in, next you'll of course want to edit your manuscript for grammar errors, typos, or maybe you accidentally use the wrong word. Don't be embarrassed. I've had plenty of little mistakes and some I even caught after the book was printed and out for a while. Yikes! So it's pretty common. It happens. It even happens for people who are traditionally published. Don't be too worried. Just do the best you can with editing. And here are a few tips for the editing editing process to really nail it down. So as I mentioned before, Grammarly is a great tool to use when you're checking for spelling, grammatical, and misused words, errors. For my manuscript for my novel, I believe I splurged for the pro version of Grammarly and I got the editing done in like a month so that I didn't have to buy a second month of the subscription. But I, I didn't splurge for that for um, the manuscripts for my poetry books. I believe I just used the free version and it was great. And this next tip I have is something that I'm so glad I discovered and I, I love suggesting it to others because it really really does make a huge difference. I, I love it. Listen to your work out loud. When you're reading in your head, especially if you've read those words multiple times over, it can be so easy to miss a crucial error or mistake. That's why I found that listening to your manuscript is super beneficial because you're much more likely to hear a mistake like using the wrong form of a word, for example, like a homophone or something. Or perhaps a sentence needs a little bit of cleaning up, like it didn't sound awkward in your head when you were reading it, but maybe it sounds awkward when you were listening to it, so you might want to fix it. I use this free Google Chrome extension slash website to do this, and I will put that in the show notes if you would like to use it as well. Or you can Google read text out loud free online, something of that order, and I'm sure that you will find one as well. But I would highly suggest this tip. Purchase your book's ISBN and copyright. Your book's ISBN and copyright are super duper important. You're going to be a self-published author and you deserve to keep the rights to your work and keep it protected. An ISBN is like your book's social security number. Just like all citizens have one, every book has its own number too. This system is put into place so that every book has its own unique number that it can be found under. Because sometimes you may have a similar title to someone and it's just a good system altogether. It's great organization. 
One of the most popular companies to purchase an ISBN through is the Bowker Identifier Service. This is where I purchase my ISBNs. You have the option to purchase one, ten, a hundred, even a thousand ISBNs. That's so many books. But let's start out with one ISBN, which is $125. Now that's a good chunk of change, but having your own ISBN ensures that you keep all the distribution and rights for your book. If you choose a self-publishing platform such as Kindle Direct Publishing or BNN Press, you have the option of using one of their ISBN numbers, and I believe on Barnes & Noble those ISBNs are free, but then you were not allowed to sell or print that book through a different platform. That ISBN is tied down to that specific platform. When you own your own ISBN, you may put your book on as many platforms as you want because you own that identifying number. But if you use a publishing platform's ISBN, they own that number. So then you are not allowed. It's tied down to it. So there are some major benefits to owning your own ISBN. Moving on to the copyright, it sounds pretty silly and ridiculous that you have to buy the copyright for your own work. Can't people just not suck and not plagiarize? Ugh. But alas, in the reality of our world, it is best to purchase the copyright for your hard work. You can purchase the copyright for your published poetry book through the U.S. Copyright Office if you live in the U.S., for other countries, please Google search copyright office for and then insert the name of your country and you'll be directed to the right place. To purchase your book's copyright in the US, electronically it is $45, which is not too shabby of a fee considering that it protects your precious work. So in total, for your ISBN and copyright, it is about $170. Step three, choose a self-publishing platform. This is a part of the process that you want to spend some time thinking about. I know making a pros and cons list gets a nerdy name, and uh, perhaps it is, but it's an efficient way to process heavy decisions. So I would suggest making a pros and cons list, like do your research, writers love their research for these different publishing platforms. I would also highly suggest typing in the name of the publishing platform you're considering into YouTube or TikTok and listening to some testimonies. I learned a lot from others' experiences, but just make sure you can split the difference between someone's opinion and the facts. That's why it's very important to, you know, listen to others, but also do your own research so you can decide for yourself. So I'm going to list off some of the major self-publishing platforms that I'm aware of, and in the show notes I will leave links to each of these self-publishing platforms, and when you click on that link it will go straight to the page where it talks about their publishing process. So let's kick it. We have BNN Press, which is the Barnes & Noble Press. We have Kindle Direct Publishing and Grimspark, Smashwords, Kobo, and Lulu. So allow yourself some time and really understand which option will be best for you to start out with. After you've got your bearings, you can always put your book on more than one platform. For example, I have my books on Barnes & Noble and Amazon. That's where the good old ISBN comes in handy. Step number four, format your manuscript. Once you've got your platform picked out and you've set up a profile, 
When you get started, you may notice some margin formatting requirements. Please don't be afraid. <laughs> it sounds a little intimidating, but you can always change the margins in the, your documents program, like Microsoft Word, for example. Each platform may be slightly different, so it's important and a vital step to complete before you can publish. Once again, YouTube is your best friend. If you aren't sure how to fix a margin problem, which it can be really confusing and frustrating sometimes, I'm not gonna lie. I don't know how many times I have come running to YouTube for help. Type it in YouTube. I promise you there is a video out there and it'll help you tons. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be afraid. Run to YouTube for help. <laughs> oh, and if you plan on writing more than one book, which I highly, highly encourage you to because I'm sure that you're an amazing writer, Make a folder on your Google or whatever you may use and label it, you know, book stuff. I don't know. Get creative with that. But bookmark the video, the margin videos or whatever videos you find helpful for the publishing process in that folder so you can revert back to it when you are in this process again. Because it can, it can get overwhelming and, you know, you're just having your future selves back. And that's awesome. Step number five, create your cover or hire a designer. Alongside formatting your manuscript accordingly, you can also create your cover. Cover dimension requirements should also be listed around the same area with the margin requirements for the size of your book. So be sure you know the cover dimensions before you get started because that would suck if you had a huge, well thought out and designed plan and then come to find out it's not the right size and then you just wanna cry a whole bunch. Let's save those tears for when we watch Encanto for like the fifth time and know the dimensions for your cover ahead of time. If you have a cover idea in mind and you wanna make it happen, that's awesome, that's great. You can do your own artwork by hand or you know, on the computer, on your iPad, have it scanned, whatever, or you can use a site like Canva to design your cover. But please, please don't use images from Google or another image site that doesn't specifically say the images aren't copyrighted and they're not free game. I, I know that you probably know this from like elementary school education or something. I'm not trying to patronize you at all. It's just a friendly reminder. Sometimes it, you know, there's so much stuff on the internet Sometimes we can forget, you know, what's, what is free and awesome to be able to use and what is copyrighted. So images straight off of Google belong to someone else and you can always take your own pictures as well. If you are more of a writing creative and not an art creative, there is absolutely no shame in that and you should be proud of yourself for completing your book. Always be proud of yourself. You can always hire a designer that has the aesthetic you're looking for. I took this route when my debut novel came out, although I don't remember the exact price I paid for her services. I believe it was somewhere around the 250 range. Could be wrong, I don't exactly remember. Um, I will say that that is pricey for my wallet because <clears throat> I'm poor, but it was so worth it for all of the love the cover has gotten and how much I love the cover too. She really is so amazing. I had the image in my head of what I wanted and everything, and I do, I do really like drawing. And I tried to draw it up myself, and I was getting frustrated because it wasn't coming out how I wanted. And when I'm doing a project, I am a little chaotic, and I don't 
I want to do everything myself. I want to do all of the parts. But I, I finally learned that I need, I need to let go of some of the reins and collaborate with somebody. And it was so beautiful. And I made a new friend out of it too. So don't be afraid to collaborate. Step six, upload and spread the word. So you've got your publishing platform picked out, your ISPN and copyright bought, editing and formatting are done, and your cover is complete. Sounds like you're ready to rock and roll there, author. From my experience, self-publishing platforms have pretty user-friendly steps that you can follow to get your book uploaded. So follow these simple steps, and with those steps, you'll be asked to provide a synopsis for your book and most likely a small bio about yourself. So take some time to create these because besides the cover, the synopsis is really your pitch for the book. You are speaking directly to your potential reader. So once your book is live on the self-publishing platform site, don't be shy and spread the word about your wonderful book. Now, um, please don't go spamming people because that's not nice. But take a picture of you with your book or your book just pleasantly and aesthetically by itself and make a post about how happy you are or make a video about what your book means to you. Being authentic and genuine is always appreciated. And while you're at it, the optimisticauthor.com, what this podcast is based off of, offers a free page on that website called Where All Authors and all you have to do is fill out uh, some questions on a very simple and pain-free Google form, submit it, and your author little highlight thing will be on that page. So you're spreading your name out a little more and you can share it with your friends and family. So I'll also leave that in the note descriptions of this podcast if you want to submit. I highly suggest you do. It's fun and it's another community. All right. So... Once you get to that part of your publishing journey, be sure to celebrate your accomplishment because this is huge. Whether it's your first book or your second, fourth, or fifth, whatever it is, it's still a huge accomplishment. So treat yourself to a nice dinner or a fun night with your loved ones. Or if you just want to relax and do your own thing, man, then you treat yourself. However celebration looks for you, make sure you remind yourself that this is a huge accomplishment. And you should be proud of yourself. Thank you so much for listening to The Optimistic Author. And remember, you are talented. Your writing is valid and awesome because it's yours and you are unique and wonderful. Did I mention unique? Yes, I did. (laughs) And make sure you take care of yourself and you stay groovy.